I'm Mike. And I'm Adam. And this is Stuff and Waffle. Two friends talking about stuff, and often as not, waffling with frequent reference to Bond cars. I've been on the internet. Have you? Yeah. yeah what would you find? <laughs> well, we better not talk about that. But um, I did, uh, after that, um, <laughs> find an interesting video on uh, Drive Tribe this week. Um, mm-hmm. uh, a certain Mr. Richard Hammond has uh, repurchased a car from his past. Oh, I see. Um, oh, I've seen the video in question, yes. You have seen the video in question, and it's glorious. Oh, yeah. And it's from a manufacturer that we hold very dear to our hearts, I think it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, to quote a certain Mr. Quentin Wilson, if I may. <laughs> Please do. Talk luxury cars, and there's one name that refuses to go away. Jaguar. Oh God! You can you can see him. You can you can picture him. <laughs> it, yes, you can. It was uh, from his review of the uh, uh, XJ40. Um, oh, brilliant. Available on YouTube. Anyway, um, we've been a little concerned about Jaguar for a while, have we not? Mm, it has come up a few times, hasn't it? It has come up a few times. We're not sure what's going on. We're not sure where they're going. We've had various announcements, but nothing seems to have happened. And I thought it'd be nice for us to kick that around. We've been threatening uh, to do it for a while. Mm. Um, But I thought before we come up to date, it'd be worth just a little recap of where Jaguar has come from. Um, There's been a few... A few reimaginings, a few relaunches, if you like, over the over the decades, mm. and um, I thought it would be nice to uh, just sort of spin through that a little bit. So, yeah, why not? Indeed, I'd like to take us back to after um, World War Two, when mm-hmm. uh, Sir William Lyons, who founded the company, he originally had Swallow Sidecars, which became SS cars, but obviously after World War Two, the name God. SS had taken, it's not going to help on, sales, is it? Taken on a slightly different meaning, yeah. so he decided his company, uh, his fledgling car company, needed a new name, um, and um, and he came up with Jaguar, and that that takes us into their golden era, really, the the late fifties, the early sixties. Cars like the the Mark II, the E-Type, the launch of the XJ in 1968. Uh, they had the the C-Type and the D-Type racing cars. Mm. Um, the coupe version of the XJ, which today is uh, uh, enjoying a real renaissance. Indeed, um, it's an extremely cool car at the moment. And he'd sort of very much built that kind of effortless, cool, glamorous image that. I think they've always been trying to recapture with varying success over the over the decades. Yeah. Um, but he was a very cool character. He he designed a lot of the cars himself. Um he was very involved in in the sort of evolution of each model. And it was a very cool brand. But then we move into the 1970s. They were part of British Leyland. 
yeah, so dear. Things <laughs> things changed a little bit. Um, the Series Three XJ, the XJS, um, they started to gain a reputation, which you know, frankly, they'd earned for themselves for terrible build quality, unreliability, just general good designs, but awful implementation, as indeed, of course, the whole of British Leyland. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it was well, not just JAG, but yes, it was a, a problem throughout, wasn't it? It was a problem throughout, and um, it was a dark period for the brand, really. I, I think they were probably still quite cool, but they were a bit crap. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You don't have to shy away from it. We know that they were a bit crap, weren't they? <laughs> they were a bit crap, unfortunately. I mean, we all love a series three, but I, I'm not sure any of us would be stupid enough to actually buy one. <laughs> no, it's not going to be trouble free motoring, is it? Really? No, it really isn't. It no. really isn't. Um, so then we move into the 1980s. Um, company was taken over by. Um, British industrialist Sir John Egan, who wrestled Jaguar out of the dead hands of British Leyland and set about um, quite a comprehensive revamping of both the company and the dealer network. Mm-hmm. Um, he oversaw the production of the XJ22 supercar, which, of course, is one of your great favourites. Oh, um, yes. Not an entirely successful vehicle, Um no, but... I mean it's not. It's uh, that was more. It was a victim of the circumstances, wasn't it? I think it probably was. Um, yeah. It it didn't achieve what they set out to. It was more expensive than it was supposed to be. Um, well, that said, the problem was it's that uh, everyone gushed about it, and then the market crashed, and there were no buyers, and yeah. they it, they had to make. Colossal compromises, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely, and it, it just wasn't what it was supposed to be. But the big thing of that era, of course, was in 1986, the launch of the XJ6, what some mm. people call the XJ40, um, yep. which was a real leap forward for them. It was miles better than the outgoing Series 3, uh, regarded from what I've read as as the best-built Jaguar to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a lot of clever innovations on it it had a lot of new technology but ultimately um that period didn't really work um (laughs) it it came out of that period um in a bit of trouble and then it was bought of course by ford in 1990 yep um for 2.5 billion dollars is what they paid for it yeah i know (laughs) I've never heard the figure before, but I found it when I was doing this research. I thought you were going to say £2.5. Pounds. No, um, $2.5 billion Ford paid for Jaguar. Okay. Um, and um, I'm going to quote a lot of figures here, and they all come from Jaguar. So they are they, they, they are there. Yeah, the figures, figures have been checked. Yep. Indeed. So... Then we get into, again, another very much another relaunch under Ford's ownership. They were very keen to um, uh, establish the history and the heritage, uh, or re-establish the heritage. Um, But clearly they wanted Jaguar to be mass market, and 
clearly it made sense to use existing Ford platforms, the yes, Mark III yes. Mondeo for the X-Type and the Lincoln LS for the S-Type. And those cars today are kind of maligned in a lot of circles. They're seen as a low point, but clearly it made sense if they were going after mass market to use existing platforms. And the Mark III Mondeo platform, the Lincoln LS platform, were not bad. Those weren't bad cars. No, um, no. But it, it you know, spawned that thing of the, oh, it's just a Mondeo in drag. It did. And it's never, ever shaken that. No. Um, the S-Type doesn't suffer from that um, as much. Um, no, because people don't know what a Lincoln is. People don't know what a Lincoln LS is. Yes, oh. exactly. A Lincoln. Mm. Um, but uh, again, and of course, with the S-Type, the advertising campaign used Shirley Bassey's history repeating. And they oh, were... Oh, of course it did. Yes. Indeed. That was a wonderful advertising campaign. Mm. Um, again, you can see some of those on, on YouTube. They're wonderful. <laughs> but uh, And the X-Type, of course, um, the campaign um, uh, pushing the fact that it was four-wheel drive and nothing else in that class was four-wheel drive. Right. Um, and all that stuff, you know, driving um, driving in front of the snowplow and, oh, <laughs> and things yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. Having a, a four-wheel drive X-Type estate. Uh, in front of the snowplow, and the snowplow just following in its tracks. Um, Very good. Oh yeah, well, it worked though. It did work, and those were, you know, quite quite successful vehicles um, at the time. Mm. But generally, it didn't do. I don't. I don't think anybody would say Jaguar flourished under Ford's ownership. There were numerous new versions of the XJ. Um, the X three hundred, the X three hundred eight, but it it moved it moved the story on a bit, but it didn't it didn't do anything to help them as a premium brand. I don't. Think. No, no, I think it was it didn't revolutionise it. Just like the X type, for instance, that that opened opened the door for a bit of uh, company car leasing, I'd imagine. It certainly got it into the fleet market, um, and it did very well in the fleet market. Mm. Um, it was very popular. It was it was more interesting than a Mondeo. It was less, well, austere than a BMW or a Mercedes. Um, yep. It did offer an alternative choice uh, yes, on a budget. It, um, yeah. it definitely had a place in the market. And the fact that you still see so many of them around no, yeah. um, shows that it's perhaps, you know, it, it wasn't as bad a car as it has a reputation for being. I know I had one that wasn't particularly great, as it turned out, but um, there are still quite a few of them around. There are an awful lot of them around, actually. Yeah, there, there are, so, and they're still going. And I think as partly um, uh, the Ford base, of course, because parts for it are not difficult to get. Um, no, that helps enormously. Yeah, so you know, it was a it was a different period for Jaguar's history, but ultimately, again, the second relaunch um, didn't really go to plan, and Ford sold uh, Jaguar to Tata in uh, of India in two thousand and eight for two point three billion dollars. So Tata paid less than Ford did. 18 years earlier. 
Okay. Did um, and timing wise, with it being two thousand and eight, did they sell it before or after the financial um, crash? Mm, during, I think. Um, um, yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, sales. It was that time where Ford worldwide had hit serious problems because for the decade before that, if you recall, they were just buying everything that moved. Yeah, yeah. Um, they had Aston Martin, Volvo, Mazda. Um, Jaguar, they were just Landro, they were just buying everything. Yeah. Um, and uh, 2008 was the year that they got rid of it all. Yeah. <laughs> um, cut your losses and all that. Cut your losses. This isn't working. Our luxury division has failed. Um, Aston Martin are on their ass. Jaguar, the same. Um, yeah, let's just let's just cut and run here. So. Mm. Sold to Tata um, for $2.3 billion. So more or less what it was worth 20 years before. They put in a new boss, uh, Ralph Spief, who was from BMW, and uh, he signed off a new rear-wheel drive platform called D7, um, which was the platform that the um, X350 aluminium-bodied XJ was built on. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So although the X350XJ looked more or less the same as the outgoing X308, underneath it was a very different car. The first car in Jaguar's history to be all aluminium. They um, made a song and dance about that, didn't they? They did. It wasn't the first time they'd used aluminium, actually, because bits of the E-Type were aluminium. Mm. Um, uh, the clamshell bonnet was aluminium, I believe, because that was the only way they could make it. It was such a complicated shape. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so they, they built this new D7 platform, which cost them $1.5 billion to develop this platform, uh, which, which Tata paid for. Um, okay. Uh, Ian Callum came on board. Um, he came up with a whole new design language, mm-hmm. um, starting with the reskinning of the S-Type into the XF. The XF... The, the Series 1 XF is not the revolutionary new car that it looks like. Um, it was basically just a reskinned S-Type. Um, it, had the, it had the same engines. So we got, I didn't realize that until no, I didn't. recently. I didn't um, it had the same engines. It was the same, more or less the same chassis. It was effectively the S-Type with a more modern body and interior on it. Um, used the same 2.7 twin-turbo diesel uh, and the 4.2-litre V8 um, that was used in the S-Type. The 3-litre V6 petrol was there as well. So the Series 1, yes, it looked very different, and it certainly looked more modern and more up-to-date. It had more up-to-date infotainment, um, all that kind of stuff, um, but it was just really a reskinned um, S-Type. But it moved things forward. It was a clever um, bit of packaging, that, because no one yeah. gave a toss what was underneath. They were all... Yeah, it worked, didn't they it? They were all it rushing over the visuals. It was a very cost-effective um, relaunch, mm. uh, that one, because, uh, yeah, he made it look so different and so so much more modern, um, yeah. even though it was based on a car they'd been making for 12 years. Mm. So... They discontinued the X-Type in 2009. Um, it was not immediately replaced. That came later. 
um, S-Type became the XF. Um, the Series 2 XF, um, which came a bit later, was an entirely new car. Mm-hmm. Um, the Series 2 XF, which is the one that I had, is a very different car to the Series 1, even though it was only a fairly minor facelift. Underneath, it was a very different car. Um, new series of engines, 2.2 and 3-litre diesels, um, and the uh, 4-litre, or 4.2-litre to begin with V8, and then later a 5-litre supercharged V8 in the R version of the XF. Mm-hmm. Um, he then did the new XJ in 2010, um, which again was an entirely new car um, and is today, I think, still quite a controversial design. Um, there's a lot oh, of people no. who don't like it. I um, really like it. I really like it. I think it's it's aging very nicely. Yeah, it's um, tremendous, enormous, but tremendous. Oh, absolutely massive. If you thought the X350 was big... Um, the X, whatever that one is, X351, I think. Mm, yeah. Um, it is massive, it is a big <laughs> car, absolutely massive. Um, but I like it and it's aging very nicely. You can get a really tidy one of those now for five or six grand. Bloody um, hell, yeah. I, I had a look around at sort of prices of, of what they're doing at the moment, and um, yeah, you won't get an R or a Super Sports for that, but you. You'll get a portfolio, um, uh, three litre diesel um, for the, for five six grand now. Really tidy one, low mileage. Um, I got no way to put it. It's, it's that big. It's... I'd I'd love one, but what are you going to do with it? I mean, yeah. I you know I struggled with the Model S. It's bigger than a Model S. Yeah, no, it's, it's not going to happen, is it? It's not going to fit anywhere. You'll you'll never be able to park it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, then, of course, came the launch of the F-Type, um, which was um, kind of a replacement for the um, outgoing XK, um, which was, I believe, discontinued in the mid-2010s, uh, mid I want to say 2012, 2013, something like that. I think the XK was, finally so, went. It sounds um, about right. And the other, I don't have that date, but the uh, bringing in the F-Type, both as a coupe and a convertible, again, moved things forward. It was part of the new design language. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally in 2014 came the XE, which was kind of the replacement for the X-Type, the small yeah, sports The baby saloon. jag. Yes. The baby jag, Yeah. Um, that was touted as the most important car in Jaguar's history when it launched in 2014. Um, they had really? high, yeah, high hopes for the XE. Mm. High hopes for the XE. Oh, it was going dear. priced to go up against the BMW 3 Series and the Mercedes C Class. Um, that was an important car. Um, we'll we'll come on to what happened to it, mm. but um, I've I know. I know one person who leased one, and that's it. I seriously considered one for a while, um, but went with the XF instead. Um, the Correct XF Sport Brake. Correct choices, I think we've established. Um, one of our neighbours here has an XFS, uh, XES, sorry, okay. which I've mentioned before, um, hmm. which was the 3-litre um, V6 version. It was the hot one. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly looks nice, but... 
yeah, it was not an entirely successful vehicle. Um, also, at that time, uh, after much debate, uh, people saying, oh, do they really need to do one? They launched the first SUV. Um, oh, the F-Pace. The F-Pace, uh, shortly followed by the smaller E-Pace. Have you ever actually seen one in the real world? Um, I'm not sure I ever have. The A couple E-Pace. of times, actually. A couple yeah. of times, yeah. Yeah, that's all, though. Yeah, that's... the E-Pace uh, did not uh, do any business at all. Uh, the F-Pace, however, um, was the most successful car of that period um, uh, by far. Uh, it, it outsold the rest of the range um, by several orders of magnitude. It was a, a massively successful car. Um, the F-Pace kept Jaguar afloat for that's... quite a while. That's what's um, wrong with society. There you go. Yeah. Um, then, of course, we had the launch of the iPace EV, um, which uh, I was staggered to note is now five years old. Well, you say that, but how many years <laughs> did we have to wait until there were actually ones on the road? Yeah, true, and places to charge them. Yes. Um, that was a car I always got the impression that they put on sale and then continue to develop it because it was not ready when it launched. It absolutely was not ready. Um, There were no charges for it. It wouldn't charge at its full rate to begin with. The software was buggy and slow. It kept having to go back into dealers to be updated. Um, There were a lot of problems with the Mm. iPace. They were so desperate to launch an EV. And... I don't think it's a bad EV, but it was launched before it was ready. Yeah, um, I mean, it's done all right, hasn't it? It's done all right, you, you, and you, you do, do see, see them it. around. Yeah, yeah, you do. It's done all right. Um, but generally, the range as a whole, whilst it was quite well received by the press... Um, oh, yeah, but didn't it win some sort of Car of the Year award? Yeah, it won several, but nobody can figure out why. Well, because you know, well, no, that that that'll be libelous if I say that. So you you know what I'm thinking. Yeah. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're thinking. Would you have an iPace over a Model Three? I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, I have been in an iPace and actually it was really comfortable and the the driving position was lovely. Mm-hmm. But uh, probably of a Model Three. Anyway, um, generally. In terms of sales, um, that relaunch didn't really work either. No. They failed to convince uh, entice buyers out of the German rivals, um, and the brand was once again carried by Land Rover. Um, sales yeah. of the Range Rover and the Defender um, carried Jaguar. It showed again in in the, and these these are Jaguar's own figures. They predicted the XE would sell sixty three thousand cars uh, in the year of its launch in twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. It peaked. Uh, it didn't do anything like that in the first year. It peaked in twenty sixteen at forty three thousand. Um, okay. That's the most they ever sold in a in a twelve month period of the XE. Um, that's not a lot, is it? It's not a lot. Things. That's worldwide. Yeah. Um, the F Pace was the big seller. 
um, with 72,000 units sold in 2017 and actually led their biggest sales year ever in 2018 when the company as a whole worldwide sold 180,000 cars. But their target was a million cars. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's what it needed needed to do. Um, Not even hitting the 20% mark. No. So relaunch number three has also failed. Oh, Um, dear. So last year, let's talk about 2021. Okay. An awkward year for car sales in general. Awkward year for car sales in general, and you have to colour it with that knowledge. Nobody was doing well, no. um, well, except possibly Tesla, because they were selling online and continued to deliver cars even during lockdown, mm. which nobody, nobody else was doing. But <laughs> leaving that aside, um, in 2021, worldwide, Jaguar sold 86,000 cars. Mm. That's not enough, is it? The XF in the UK sold less than a thousand. Wow. The XE was the same. It was a similar number, nine hundred and something or other. Um, in the UK, that's not yeah. worldwide. No, that's just in the UK. Okay. The XF was outsold in the UK by the Jeep Wrangler, according to Auto Trader. Um, <laughs> The the oh, XE God. the XE which was you know supposed to be the mass market fleet car yeah yeah was outsold by the Mercedes S class oh yeah which is very yeah. much not a mass yeah, you know, market fleet every car. man's car that one yeah <laughs> yes exactly um, again according to figures from Auto Trader mm-hmm. um, so neither of their frontline cars were selling at all. Um, in the last quarter of 2021, worldwide, according to Jaguar's own figures, they sold 14,000 cars. Bloody hell. So sales to the end of last year, which is the most up-to-date figures we have, yep. were plummeting, I think is the only word to use. The end of 2021 was their worst quarter since 2013, mm-hmm. which was the year they said they wanted to be Britain's BMW and set the target of a million cars a year. Oh, for God's sake. And they sold 14,000 cars worldwide. Oh, dear. It's it's nothing. It's it's dire, isn't it? That's what it it is. is. That's the only word for it. Um, And the silly thing is they're not bad cars. No, no, I suppose not. They're not. You know, and you think you don't well, hear what, horror stories about it. You don't hear horror stories. I was very happy with my XF, which ironically was a 2013 car. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, it it hasn't for whatever reason, whether it was marketing or people didn't like the design, or people said, "Well, yeah, I could buy this, which is trying to be a BMW, or I could just go and buy a BMW." Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the reason was, but clearly the end of 2021 was a total failure. There's no other way to dress that up. Okay. So... Um, Where are we going then? That's the problem. Coming up to date, 
have a quick swig because I've been talking a lot again. Yeah, yeah, wet the whistle. Got to do that. Mm. So, in 2020, um, former former Renault executive Thierry Belor took over the lead of Jaguar. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember. And kicked off the fourth relaunch in the company's history. Um, Now... I read um, some of the things that he said at the time. Okay. Um, reading between the lines, I think it's very much, right, we're not going to try and beat the Germans at their own game anymore. We're looking at the future. We're looking at Tesla. And we are going to go all electric by 2025. Mm-hmm. None of the current model line will be replaced. Um, for the next three years... Uh, the current model lineup will be just left to slowly decline. XF, XE, none of those will be replaced. Um, XJ has already been discontinued. Yeah. Um, there may be minor revisions, tweaks here and there, but there will be no new models until right. 2025, is what they've said. Okay. Well, they're certainly now, sticking to it. We, yes, they do seem to be sticking to it. That includes the iPace. Interestingly, which is scheduled for being discontinued before 2025, actually. Okay. Um, so by 2025, they actually won't have a lineup, which is ballsy. Um, As car companies go, that's that's hardcore. Not selling cars. Uh, that is, isn't it? No new models and no electric, which is let's bear in mind the only area of car sales that is growing at the moment. <laughs> oh dearie me! Right. So we know, and we've mentioned this before, that there was to be an electric XJ. Well, yeah, we 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 know full well that that made it quite quite far into its life. Pretty much ready. Yeah. But there was a problem. Go on, then. It was based on their new MLA platform, which stood for Modular Longitudinal Architecture. That sounds unnecessarily poncy. Yeah, that <laughs> that platform, which has now been cancelled, hmm. was cancelled because they realised that they had gone the wrong way. That platform was designed to accommodate not only an EV drivetrain, but a piston drivetrain. It was hmm. designed to allow them to continue producing petrol and diesel XJs alongside an electric XJ. Okay. They felt that what they'd ended up with was too compromised. When you look at the rest of the industry, you look at cars like the Model S, the Mercedes EQS, cars like that that are appearing fast now. They felt having a compromised XJ where the EV... Neither the EV drivetrain nor the piston drivetrain were going to be quite good enough because they'd shoehorned them into one platform. Yeah, yeah. Um, they just felt like they'd be being they'd be playing catch up from day one, okay. and that they were going to launch a deeply compromised car. And they felt, given that the cost, you know, they spent a lot on developing this MLA platform, and. They just thought with the speed that manufacturers like Tesla are driving the EV industry, and that is a hell of a pace, um, that they'd just be lagging behind and it would be an embarrassing 
model. So they took the decision to cut their losses and not put it into production. Um, so it's partly that they couldn't afford it, but it's mainly because they realized what they'd built wasn't really good enough. Okay. It was too compromised because they were going to try and carry on making petrol versions as well. Well, that was a good use of money, wasn't it? Well, there you go. It's, yeah. Um, and it's it's been suggested that that is why we don't have an all-electric Range Rover, because that was going to be based on this MLA oh, platform. Same well. platform, right. Yep. Hmm. So, the new boss, um, that, leaving the electric XJ aside, um, the new boss has recognised they need another change of direction. Um, <laughs> clearly, they're yeah, not yeah. going to try and they're not going to try and compete with the Germans. They're going to go all electric mm-hmm. um, by twenty twenty five, which is good. Um, I mean, what else can they do, really? Um, well, yeah, it's not a lot of choice in the matter if you're making like radical new cars that don't exist yet. Yeah. There's no point so, in petrol ones for five years. No, no, quite. And continuing diesel engine manufacturing, I mean, that's just a road to nowhere, isn't it? It's um, it's going to leave you as a, just a dinosaur. And I know it's difficult for these legacy car manufacturers. They have so much invested in, oh, yeah. in legacy car manufacturing. But they're not going to be able to sell those cars in an alarmingly short amount of time now. <laughs> so, um, depending on the government, of course, I mean, we don't now, it seems, have a very environmentally aware government, but um, we do now have an extremely environmentally aware king. So, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't see any of the, the, the time frames being put back or anything. I think it's... I don't think they can be because the rest of the world isn't going to, or the rest of the Western world isn't going to change. No, no, um, no I, don't, I don't see any of that. So if you can't sell them in Europe and you can't sell them in the US, really, what is the point? You're going to sell them in the UK. Well, the figures we've just looked at, they sold less than a 1,000 XFs in the UK mm. in three months to the end of 2021. So what is the point? Um, quite. If that's all you're going to sell, then you're, you're done. Yeah, you're dead <laughs> in the water there, aren't you? Yeah. So the plan, as it, as it stands currently, mm-hmm. is that from 2025, an entirely new model lineup, okay. all electric, going massively up market, um, the new design director who replaced Ian Callum, uh, Jerry McGovern, has said, we are going to make Jaguar, and I quote, wonderful again. Okay. Um, he wants to capture what made Sir William Lyons' Jaguar great. He wants to look at what made it good back then, cars like the Mark II and the E-Type, but also look forward. And he's keen that they don't do the whole S-Type history repeating thing yeah, yeah, yeah. again. <laughs> Don't go into full national trust mode. No, no, look, that would be a colossal mistake. Look forward, but no more following the German model lineups, a completely new lineup, and compete directly with Porsche and Bentley. Right, okay. No yeah. no Jaguars will cost less than £100,000. <laughs> Low volume, exclusive, 
a true luxury experience and, and this is a critical detail, no more platform sharing with Land Rover. Okay. Now that's, that's key. Mm. That's absolutely key. What they're doing, they're developing an entirely new platform for the EV cars. It's called Panthera, which is named after the genus that all the big cats are, members of lions, tigers, leopards, jaguars. They're all members of the Panthera family. That's where the name comes from. Okay. Um, so the Panthera platform, now developing an entirely new platform, is blinking expensive. So they have tied up with a manufacturer in Canada um, uh, called Magna, an engineering company. Um, I believe they might be the parent company of Magna Steyr in Austria. Um, oh, right, who, yeah, yeah, yeah. make cars. I-Pace is made there, isn't it? That's where I-Pace is made, and I believe E-Pace is made there as well. Okay. They're a low-volume car manufacturer that works for OEMs who want to produce kind of sidelines, lower-volume cars that it isn't worth them making in their own factories, yep. um, which, of course, I-Pace was. Yeah. Um, so, um, but this is with the Canadian engineering company. They are designing the platform. They're also putting up a load of the money. So they will partly <laughs> own they will partly own the platform, but there will be no sharing of this platform platform with Landro uh, with Land Rover. It's bespoke to Jaguar. Yep. Which means, of course, Jaguar is self contained and it could be sold. Ah. Ah. If Tata would dis to decide to flog it, and there has been talk of that over the next eight, uh, last eight or nine months, they can sell Jaguar as a going concern with its own platform, all self-contained, okay. ready to ready to go. Um, well, it seems well from what you've described that it, it does seem actually like something that you would almost be interested in buying. Then, well, indeed, um, it's you're got quite things going for it for once. Got things going for it for once. It's got an entirely new platform, a new model lineup, all electric, looking for the to the future, but with the the heritage of the name, mm. um, new designer. Um, the other thing they're doing, which is different, and uh, again, the other reason they needed to help somebody pay for it. Normally, car manufacturers will develop or purchase a platform, and then design their cars around that. This is being done the other way around. Um, Jeremy Govan and his team are designing the cars and then they're engineering the platform to fit those cars. Okay. So it's the other way about. But of course, the EV platform lends itself to that so much better than a piston platform. The whole, yes. the whole roller skate platform as it's become known and as as others have said could this be the rebirth of the old coach building companies where you buy your skateboard platform which has got your motors and your batteries yeah. and your control systems and all that on it and you take it to a coach builder and they build your interior and they they build your body your body mm. um and fit the car that you want around the platform yeah so that is cool wouldn't it that's that's what they're doing. So hopefully, this fourth or fifth, depending on how you count them, relaunch will will go somewhere. Um, I'd I'd hate to see Jaguar go. Um, yeah, it would be awful. I mean, it like would. you say we've got we've got 
this this is incoming. Do you do have they just said what the range will be? No. Nope. Right. They've said nothing. Uh, we've seen no designs. They've not indicated what the range will be, merely that it will be a range of cars and it will not be the same as what's gone before. But you have to think there's bound to be a couple of saloons, a sports car, an SUV. I mean, that's what everyone does. That's what everyone wants to buy. Um, mm. Hopefully they'll stick an estate car in there. That would be nice. The XF Sport Brake has been very popular amongst yeah, yeah. you know the small group of people who are buying Jaguars. Yeah, um, people like that. People liked the X type of state, didn't they? They did. I did. Still do. Yeah. There's, um, there's room for it, I think. Um, so yeah, we, we know we know very little more uh, than that. We've not seen anything. Um, it's all still happening now, um, and obviously they've given themselves the deadline of 2025 to have all this stuff hit the market um mm. let's hope it's good um and they they land on the market you know and blow it apart that would be wonderful that um, would be nice i mean we can probably you're thinking about it you can probably gauge it can't we because you said uh their intention was to go against porsche and bentley yeah that was who they were aiming at yeah so you think what's that going to be big suv small suv um, <laughs> yeah true uh, it's going to be, like you say, a saloon of some sort. Well, if you look, if they've got to be looking at the Taycan. Yeah, they've um, got to be looking at that. Then you've got to think there's going to be a GT car because they're looking at the Continental. Yeah, um, that's true. Porsche that's true. Sports car. So, yeah, yeah, sports car, GT, saloon, small SUV, big SUV. But, of course, with an EV platform, because it's inherently a simpler thing, you can kind of do anything with it, which yeah. is, you know, I always was puzzled by why they did the I-Pace when they, you know, I know old Callum sits there and said, oh, it was so liberating. You know, we could do anything with this EV platform. Well, then why did you do that? Mm, <laughs> doesn't make a huge amount of sense. I wonder <laughs> no. then with this new one, um, do you reckon if they do go down the route of, say, for example, doing a big SUV, if they're going to be ultimately separated from Land Rover, do you think they'd make a Range Rover uh, rival? I wouldn't be at all surprised. I mean, the F-Pace sort of is. Um, mm, I don't think it's big enough, though, is it? Not quite. Um, but then there are several different sizes of Range Rover these days. So, well, there are. Um, but if you're talking about the big Range Rover, the proper one, um, which itself needs to go electric, and mm, they may not have a platform now. No, that's so, it. It Jag begs the question of what they are going to what they're going to do, unless Jaguar would be prepared to license it to them rather than just give it to them if they're not part of the same company anymore, um, mm. or they go straight to Magna and do something. You know, say, so, well, can we license this platform from you as well? Depends what kind of deal Jaguar have done with Magna, whether they've got exclusivity over it. Um, if they're paying for a big chunk of it, I would imagine they will want exclusivity over it. I would have thought so. Yeah, um, depending on how many. I suppose other manufacturers might be willing to stump up some cash to pay for it, um, whether anybody mm. else is going to be enticed in with them. But the intention clearly seems to be to have a hard separation between Jaguar and Land Rover, and the only reason for that, surely, is that they want to sell Jaguar. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Land Rover still makes money. Um, well, Jaguar does not. We've so. touched on that before, and we said, oh, right, well, why, there's, why isn't there an electric Range Rover? And then go, well... 
in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter because when they make a new Range Rover, the Range Rover buyers will buy it. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Regardless of what they should be doing. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter what powers it, they'll just buy it. Yeah, they will, because because it's a Range Rover and people Mm. love Range Rovers. Um, That's just a fact, isn't it? Mm. So... Yeah, um, maybe they're not as fussed about it, although they've got the same deadlines as everybody else. Um, yeah, they do. Um, I mean, they've said it's coming. It's just, well, yeah. well, when? They're obviously working on something, but they're not working on it with Jaguar, unless Jaguar are going to check on the platform that the um, XJ was going to be built on. But the platform that, that Jaguar sidelined it. because they said it was too compromised. But maybe that's okay for Land Rover. But they will want to continue selling a petrol and a diesel version. Um, yeah, if they want true. to phase in an EV version, then a platform that supports both might be just what they're looking for. So yeah. maybe the fact that the electric XJ we think may have been unmothballed in the last few weeks from what Mr. Porter. Oh, yeah, that, well, there were some tweets going around, weren't there? Yeah, maybe they're not testing it to resurrect the electric XG, XJ. Maybe they're resurrecting it to test the electric Range Rover. Yeah, that's it, because, I mean, they have promised one. Um, well, they've got to do one, haven't they? Yeah, um, and they put they didn't put, like, a particularly long time frame on, didn't they? Say a couple of, couple of years. A couple of years. Of this. Couple of years. Yeah, they did, 2024. And I know you say, well, yes, they could keep producing petrol ones and, you know, people will buy them. Well, not after 2030, they won't. Because <laughs> no, they won't no, be allowed to sell No, them. they won't, but... Uh, <laughs> Well, if they've got some knocking about, they'll milk it all the way up until the cutoff. I think. Oh, there'll be how many manufacturers are going to be registering cars like mad yeah. on the thirty first of December? That's it. They'll be twenty twenty nine. All pre registered and bargains on the forecourt. Oh, Quinton, they're going to. Yeah. Quinton Wilson, if he was still doing that bit on Top Gear, would be going off his tits. I oh, would. They're going to be everywhere. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I think... So it, it's a sad story, but with a glimmer of hope for the future, I think. Yeah, you said, well, if, if it succeeds, and I, uh, I, think, I think it's got the potential to, we're not going to be seeing them on every street corner, are we? No, we're not. Jaguars are not going to be for the people they've been for before, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, they are going to be very expensive cars, um, but if that's what they need to do to survive, um, we'll yeah. see. Um, and probably, to be fair, rules out them doing a small saloon and an estate, perhaps. Um, I don't know. Mind you, the Taycan estate's about 100 grand. So, um, yeah, people seem to be buying those. So. Yeah, they do. So maybe that's okay. Let's hope the Panthera platform is everything that um, we hope it is. Yeah, and we've, well, we've in the grand scheme of things, we've not got that long to wait now, have we? I mean, no, I mean, we're going to start seeing bits of it, surely. Um, I'd hope so, because yeah, we're going to need. They want to crank the marketing machine up. That's it. I mean, I think what we're going to have, it's got to be sort of towards the beginning of next year. Then that we're going to have to start seeing at least sort of teasers of what what Jag are going to be. I would have thought so. Yeah, try and get people on board. Try and save the loyal buyers that they've got. Because they do have a great following. 
Yeah, people I mean, are very passionate about Jaguar. Yeah, like you say, I mean the numbers are low, but people are buying them. Um, yeah, so you you at least need uh, at least need to keep that lot happy and then build from there, don't you? Yeah. Well, you know, even if you're selling fourteen thousand cars a year, if those fourteen thousand cars are a minimum hundred each, you know, you can afford to sell fewer. Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like you say, if you're if you're chucking out hundred grand minimum cars, not hmm. not not an issue at that sort of volume. And if they've got their platform development costs down mm-hmm. by involving somebody else, um, yeah. then you know it could work. Um, it could, it could. I think I think they've got their head screwed on right. Um, I hope so. Because on the face of it, it doesn't seem like it. But from you actually <laughs> not up till now, no, no, no. Because now you've actually read what's happening, and I confess to being too lazy to have done any of that. Um, it, <laughs> what's good? I like to inform. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> there's a glimmer of hope because without that knowledge, it just seems like it's on its ass. Yeah, it does, and it is. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no getting around that. But they have a plan. Okay. Um, and they're working on it, and it's a plan that will fit them into the future of mm-hmm. auto manufacturing. And um, well, let's let's hope uh, it works. That's it. Watch the space, and uh, I'm assuming we'll come back to it when we got some news. I certainly will be watching this very carefully. I am a I count myself as a loyal Jaguar fan, so yeah, I, I want to see. I want to see what's coming. Well, I think uh, that's probably enough of that for this week. Uh, Check us out on uh, all the various social medias and things. Uh, Thank you very much for listening.